Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. Hey guys. All right. Here we are for our final week of the Better Together series clusters. Uh, If you're new to this, what we're doing is we're trying out a fun new idea where we create a series for the week. So for the next week, we're going to focus on a specific topic or theme of the week. This week's theme is health, wellness, and nutrition, where some of the world's leading doctors and researchers share easy to apply tips and tricks that will help reduce bloating, improve gut health, alleviate cramps, and so much more. Be sure to let us know what you guys think, share it with a friend who you think could benefit, and enjoy. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we try to do here every single day. And our quote of the day, make your default mode one of generosity. It's a nice way to live and it's contagious. And that is from our guest today, Dr. Frank Lippman. I thought his quote would have been like, don't eat sugar (laughs) Uh, and your body will be happy. I was surprised when I I read that. But I like this quote. 
<laughs> I'm so stereotypical. All right, guys, let's get to our interview. Dr. Frank Lipman is a best-selling author, doctor, and leader in functional medicine with a focus on what he calls good medicine, an appropriate blend of cutting-edge modern medicine with age-old healing techniques from the East. Now, he aims to collaborate with his patients to create a unique and specific personal health care plan. For almost 40 years, he's guided and helped thousands of patients feel healthier, look great and increase energy and resiliency to better deal with life stresses. So Dr. Lippman, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Where are you in this great world? New York. Oh, perfect. Not too far from us. Uh, As I told you and I told everyone earlier in the show, uh, I love the book. I love how simple and easy it is and how digestible. I think it's one of the first times I've applied so many things into my life instantly after reading it because it was so easy. Great. Yeah, thank you. That's what I try to do. I try to take complicated information and make it easy and accessible. And in this day and age when people aren't reading too much, you need to put out the information in bite-sized bits. So that's what I did with the book. Mission accomplished. I have to say, uh, one of the things I was talking about on the show was, you know, after you turn 40, there are so many things people say like, oh, when you hit 40, your body just changes and, you know, you gain weight and you can't lose it. And we look at it from kind of a vanity and aesthetic point rather than what's kind of going on under the hood. And I think that this was the first time I really got to understand that there is like major changes the body is going through that you can be averting or supporting with these, you know, pretty easy steps. So I'd love for you to talk about that uh, in depth. Right. So you you nailed it. You know, as we start getting into our 40s, people start getting more symptoms and they start putting on weight and they're bloating, uh, bloating more and uh, they can't poop and they have aches and pains and they're tired and they're putting everyone just puts it down to, well, I'm just getting old. And sure, we are getting older, but that doesn't mean the the functioning of your organ systems has to decrease that much. You know, you call, we're all going to get older and we're all going to die eventually, but how we age is changeable. So, uh, and these are little things, little changes one can make, which will make us feel so much better. You know, how we eat, what we eat, when we eat, how we exercise, uh, our sleep. Everyone takes sleep for granted, and sleep is a major, major anti-aging medicine. Um, uh, How we deal with stress, how kind we are, um, whether we have gratitude or not, whether we have friends and family surrounding us. So all these little things, and as I say all the time, it's the ordinary things that we do on a daily basis that have an extraordinary effect on our health. So there's so much we can do, um, there's so much we take for granted that we don't consider uh, as part of a health regime that anyone can do. What are the kind of technical changes that the body's going through? Right, so as we get older, all of us will start getting more and more inflammation, that's Mm -hmm. normal. But how we deal with the inflammation or how we prevent the inflammation is something that we can change. So for instance, Perfect example is our gut, which is a major source of inflammation. So as we get older and our gut isn't functioning as well and we we get an an altered microbiome and then maybe some increase in the permeability of our intestines or what we call a leaky gut, which I'm sure you know about and most of your your listeners know about, 
Then we start getting some byproducts of foods and toxins and metabolites going through this, this barrier in our intestine, which is our internal skin and into our bloodstream and it can present anywhere in our body. So we can present with joint pains, with skin problems, with moodiness, with uh, brain fog, with weight gain. A lot of that has to do with inflammation and a lot of the inflammation stems from our gut. So looking to optimize functioning of the gut is, is key to aging. Yeah, one of the things that struck me was also uh, how you metabolize alcohol changes. So I've noticed my husband in the last few years is so frustrated that he can't even have a drink. It bothers him. It makes him feel so hungover, even just one drink, or he'll feel sick. For me, I get really inflamed, so I get like phlegmy and not, you know, it's not good. But you're saying that that is something that's happening with the body. And I know a lot of women at some point will realize red wine doesn't agree with them. Red wine was fine for me years ago. I can't do it now. Right. And that I think that's very common and typical and, and well articulated. And I think we just got to listen to our bodies. That doesn't only happen with wine. It may happen with other foods. In particular, wheat products are very common in terms of we can tolerate a certain amount. As we get older, we become less tolerant. Uh, so that happens often. Another example would be exercising. When we're younger, we can push and push, and it's not a problem. As we get older, it sometimes become a, becomes a problem if you push your body too much because, first of all, you can get tired from that extra burst of, of stress on the body, which it is. I'm not saying you shouldn't exercise, but pushing your body too much can be a problem. And the other part is, as we get older, we don't heal as efficiently as when we're younger. So if you injure yourself, it takes longer to heal. So we've got to adjust our diet, how much we drink, how much we exercise, and sleep. You know, everyone thinks as you get older, you don't sleep as well. Sure, it's harder to sleep as well, but it's probably more important to sleep well because it is, you know, when we get older, you know, we, we tend to sleep a little bit less and not as efficiently. So you need to put more attention on your sleep as you get older as well. Yeah, I think that is, uh, that's something that everybody kind of suffers from. And I wonder if interrupted sleep is an issue that's connected to the gut. Well, yeah, I think everything's connected to the gut, even sleep, which is interesting. Um, but when you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. But interrupted sleep may not be a problem if you're getting up and then going back to sleep quite easily. The problem is if it's interrupted and then you're having a problem going back to sleep. I think, you know, especially for men, as you get older, you're going to wake up to pee. That's normal. Um, but if you go back to sleep easily, it's not a problem. 
But you know, you brought up an interesting point. The gut affects everything, and everything affects the gut. To me, the gut is the center of all all things health. And it's interesting. You know, most tr old traditions used to think like that. I studied with an, an herbalist, an English herbalist, Simon Mills, and he always used to say. I mean, all traditions, if you don't know what to do, you treat the gut first. Mm. When I started studying Chinese medicine, it was the same thing. The earth element is the gut, and you treat the earth element first. When the earth is off, when the gut is off, everything is off. So the gut is key to your health. One of the things I think um, is troublesome is I don't think a lot of us know when we have gut issues. Well, another good point, Maria, you know, most of the time people, you know, feel a little bit bloated and have a bit of gas and they don't poop properly. So, but they think that's normal as they get older, mm -hmm. they just accept that as just a normal part of aging. But sometimes, not too often, people don't even have gut symptoms and the gut problems present in other organs. But most of the time, I would say at least 80% of the time, these little gut problems, which you just think are, are, um, inconveniences are actually the beginning of something that can get worse. So if you're not pooping well, if you have loose stools, you're constipated, you have bloating, a bit of reflux, don't just take a drug to suppress those symptoms. You've got to see why those symptoms are happening. You're going to see why, you know, when you're driving your car and the oil light goes on, you don't put a band-aid over the oil light. You see why the oil light went on. When this oil light goes on, when these symptoms start occurring, you've got to see why it's happening rather than just taking Nexium or taking something to, to suppress a symptom. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content. And a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community? Or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment. And we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menuno's Facebook group and Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Mark. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hey guys. All right. Here we are for our final week of the Better Together series clusters. Uh, if you're new to this, what we're doing is we're trying out a fun new idea where we create a series for the week. So for the next week, we're going to focus on a specific topic or theme of the week. This week's theme is health, wellness, and nutrition, where some of the world's leading doctors and researchers share easy to apply tips and tricks that will help reduce bloating, improve gut health, alleviate cramps, and so much more. Be sure to let us know what you guys think, share it with a friend who you think could benefit, and enjoy. 
Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we try to do here every single day. And our quote of the day, make your default mode one of generosity. It's a nice way to live and it's contagious. And that is from our guest today, Dr. Frank Lippman. I thought his quote would have been like, don't eat sugar. <laughs> I know. And your body will be happy. I was surprised when I, I read like, that. But I like this yeah. quote. <laughs> I'm so stereotypical. All right, guys, let's get to our interview. Dr. Frank Lipman is a best-selling author, doctor, and leader in functional medicine with a focus on what he calls good medicine, an appropriate blend of cutting-edge modern medicine with age-old healing techniques from the East. Now, he aims to collaborate with his patients to create a unique and specific personal health care plan. For almost 40 years, he's guided and helped thousands of patients feel healthier, look great and increase energy and resiliency to better deal with life stresses. So Dr. Lippman, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Where are you in this great world? New York. Oh, perfect. Not too far from us. Uh, as I told you and I told everyone earlier in the show, uh, I love the book. I love how simple and easy it is and how digestible. I think it's one of the first times I've applied so many things into my life instantly after reading it because it was so easy. Great. Yeah, thank you. I, that's what I try to do. I try to take complicated information and make it easy and accessible. And in this day and age when people aren't reading too much, you need to put out the information in bite-sized bits. So that's what I did with the book. Mission accomplished. I have to say, uh, one of the things I was talking about on the show was, you know, after you turn 40, there are so many things people say like, oh, when you have 40, your body just changes and, you know, you gain weight and you can't lose it. And we look at it from kind of a vanity and aesthetic point rather than what's kind of going on under the hood. And I think that this was the first time I really got to understand that there is like major changes the body is going through that you can be averting or supporting with these, you know, pretty easy steps. So I'd love for you to talk about that uh, in depth. Right. So you, you nailed it. You know, as we start getting into our 40s, people start getting more symptoms or they start putting on weight and they're bloating, uh, bloating more and uh, they can't poop and they have aches and pains and they're tired and they're putting everyone just puts it down to, well, I'm just getting old. And sure, we are getting older, but that doesn't mean the, the functioning of your organ systems has to decrease that much. You know, you call, we're all going to get older and we're all going to die eventually, but how we age is changeable. So, uh, there, and there, these are little things, little changes one can make, which will make us feel so much better. You know, how we eat, what we eat, when we eat, how we exercise, uh, our sleep. Everyone takes sleep for granted, and sleep is a major, major anti-aging medicine. Um, uh, how we deal with stress, how kind we are, um, whether we have gratitude in, or not, whether we have friends and family surrounding us. So all these little things, and as I say all the time, it's the ordinary things that we do on a daily basis that have an extraordinary effect on our health. So there's so much we can do, um, there's so much we take for granted that we don't consider uh, as part of a health regime that anyone can do. What are the kind of technical changes that the body's going through? Right. So as we get older, all of us will start getting more and more inflammation. That's mm -hmm. normal. 
but how we deal with the inflammation or how we prevent the inflammation is something that we can change. So for instance, the perfect example is our gut, which is a major source of inflammation. So as we get older and our gut isn't functioning as well and we, we get an altered microbiome and then maybe some increase in the permeability of our intestines or what we call a leaky gut, which I'm sure you know about, and most of your, your listeners know about, then we start getting some byproducts of foods and toxins and metabolites going through this, this barrier in our intestine, which is our internal skin and into our bloodstream and it can present anywhere in our body. So we can present with joint pains, with skin problems, with moodiness, with uh, brain fog, with weight gain. A lot of that has to do with inflammation and a lot of the inflammation stems from our gut. So looking to optimize functioning of the gut is, is key to aging. Yeah, one of the things that struck me was also uh, how you metabolize alcohol changes. So I've noticed my husband in the last few years is so frustrated that he can't even have a drink. It bothers him. It makes him feel so hungover, even just one drink, or he'll feel sick. For me, I get really inflamed, so I get like phlegmy and not, you know, it's not good. But you're saying that that is something that's happening with the body. And I know a lot of women at some point will realize red wine doesn't agree with them. Red wine was fine for me years ago. I can't do it now. Right. And that I think that's very common and typical and, and well articulated. And I think we just got to listen to our bodies. That doesn't only happen with wine. It may happen with other foods. In particular, wheat products are very common in terms of we can tolerate a certain amount. As we get older, we become less tolerant. Uh, so that happens often. Another example would be exercising. When we're younger, we can push and push, and it's not a problem. As we get older, it sometimes become a, becomes a problem if you push your body too much because, first of all, you can get tired from that extra burst of, of stress on the body, which it is. I'm not saying you shouldn't exercise, but pushing your body too much can be a problem. And the other part is, as we get older, we don't heal as efficiently as when we're younger. So if you injure yourself, it takes longer to heal. So we got to adjust our diet, how much we drink, how much we exercise, and sleep. You know, everyone thinks as you get older, you don't sleep as well. Sure, it's harder to sleep as well, but it's probably more important to sleep well because it is, you know, when we get older, you know, we, we tend to sleep a little bit less and not as efficiently. So you need to put more attention on your sleep as you get older as well. Yeah, I think that is, uh, that's something that everybody kind of suffers from. And I wonder if interrupted sleep is an issue that's connected to the gut. Well, yeah, I think everything's connected to the gut, even sleep, which is interesting. Um, but interrupted sleep may not be a problem if you're getting up and then going back to sleep quite easily. The problem is if it's interrupted and then you're having a problem going back to sleep. I think, you know, especially for men, as you get older, you're going to wake up to pee. That's normal. Um, but if you go back to sleep easily, it's not a problem. But, you know, you brought up an interesting point. The gut affects everything and everything affects the gut. To me, the gut is the center of all, all things health. And it's interesting, you know, most tr old traditions used to think like that. I studied with an, an herbalist, an English herbalist, Simon Mills, and he always used to say, I mean, all traditions, if you don't know what to do, you treat the gut first. Then mm. I started studying Chinese medicine. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. The same thing. The earth element is the gut and you treat the earth element first. When the earth is off, when the gut is off, everything is off. So the gut is key to your health. One of the things I think um, is troublesome is I don't think a lot of us know when we have gut issues. Well, another good point, Maria. You know, most of the time people, you know, feel a little bit bloated and have a bit of gas and they don't poop properly. So, but they think that's normal as they get older. Mm-hmm. They just accept that as just a normal part of aging. But sometimes, not too often, people don't even have gut symptoms and the gut problems present in other organs. But most of the time, I would say at least 80% of the time, these little gut problems, which you just think are, are um, inconveniences, are actually the beginning of something that can get worse. So if you're not pooping well, if you have loose stools, you're constipated, you have bloating, a bit of reflux, don't just take a drug to suppress those symptoms. You've got to see why those symptoms are happening. You're going to see why, you know, when you're driving your car and the oil light goes on, you don't put a band-aid over the oil light. You see why the oil light went on. When this oil light goes on, when these symptoms start occurring, you've got to see why it's happening rather than just taking Nexium or taking something to, to suppress a symptom. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menuno's Facebook group and Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Mark that down. That is brilliant because that is kind of the biggest flaw, I think, in our medical system is we are just given things to suppress and we have become so comfortable with going to the doctor, getting a pill to fix it because the other way is too much work, right? So coming to you is too expensive, too much work, too much time. I don't have time to deal with all of this, but that's really what we need to be doing is supplementing, is healing, exactly. is working on the actual origin of the problem. But I think we we haven't gotten there yet where we realize 
oh, that is a Band-Aid you're putting on an oil, a check in oil light. Like, you can't do right. that. No, you can't. And you know what? It's not that difficult. You know, the changes can be easier, and that's what I always try to make them easy for people. A lot of the changes are, for instance, you know, a perfect example would be fasting. So you can still eat the same amount, but you, you eat your food within like an eight or 10 hour period. You know, we always used to think breakfast is the most important meal. But as you get older, actually fasting and eating er dinner earlier and breakfast later is actually really good for your health and for longevity in general. Because when you fast, it's this little stress on the body, which stimulates the cleansing mechanisms in your body. It's called autophagy. So by, by stressing your body a little bit, by fasting or not eating for 14 or 16 hours, or by pushing your body for short spurts with exercise, or by having a cold shower after a hot shower, these are these little stresses that are actually really good for your body, and they upregulate your longevity genes. So it's little, little things like that, the cold shower after a hot, when you're exercising, just you know, you know, short spurts of pushing yourself or eating, don't eat dinner, uh, eat dinner a little bit earlier and breakfast a little bit later. So you can make little subtle changes in your lifestyle, which can have a huge effect on your health. Yeah, those are some of the things that I started this morning right away. I started <laughs> doing the short bursts of energy, the workout. Um, and I started last night with the fasting and uh, we're going to start doing that here with Kelsey as well. But Kelsey, you had a question about the breakfast thing that I think you should ask Ooh, yes, I Dr. Did. Lippman, because there's conflicting mm -hmm. advice that we're trying to understand. Sure. And that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Hi, Dr. Hi. Lippman. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? So exciting that you're on the show. So question for you. I have heard, um, and from a couple of our other experts, that we should be eating closer to when we wake up to maintain blood sugar levels. So... What do you what do you say in like in that regard when it's like okay blood sugar but then fasting how does that kind of play? Okay, great, great, great question because um, a couple of years you know five six ten years ago I don't even five years ago I used to recommend the same thing mm -hmm. having a good breakfast so your blood sugar levels stay stable. But what happens when you start fasting and you start eating less carbs because sugar is a major issue when it comes to health and aging, your body doesn't need as many carbohydrates to function properly, and it doesn't need to make energy from carbohydrates. It starts using fat more. So once you become as what we call fat adapted, you're not relying on carbohydrates so much for your body to process that food to make energy. You don't actually need the carbs, and you don't need the carbs for the energy. So you need to do it slowly. So instead of just going fast, you know, for instance, now I only eat, I, I fast seven days a week. I fast for 16 hours. You know, today it was 18 hours. I just, wow. you know, was doing virtual consults. I wasn't hungry. So then once you start getting into the routine, you actually don't get hungry and you don't need the food. So you start with two days a week, then you build it up to three or four. You probably only need to do it four days a week anyway, but that it's not true. It's what we all believe, what I believe, but now that I do it, myself and I do it with a lot of my patients, especially people over 40, 45, 50, um, it becomes more important. I think young women like you, Kelsey, mm -hmm. fasting isn't as important. You know, when you in, in the mode of life where you, you want to have babies and you're growing and you mm -hmm. want to be strong, fasting may not be the best thing for you. 
But when you become an old fart like myself, it becomes more important. So it all depends on your age, depends where you're at. And I think it's a myth that you need the carbohydrates. So I'm not suggesting you need to do it. Right. Maria, maybe you sort of caught in the middle. I'm an old me. fart too. Uh, oh, you no. are? Well, then you, you don't look it. Thank you. you should, I'm 42. You, but you said anybody over 40. Yeah. Once you start getting to your 40s, I think it becomes more important because that's when the shift happens. Mm-hmm. When you go from wanting to grow and be strong to wanting to preserve and maintain. Yeah. I think... Um, you know, that's when I started realizing too that there was maybe some things going wrong. I was like, oh God, I'm bloated a lot. There is some loose stool situation going on. There's like all this stuff. And, you know, it's it's hard to catch up with what's happening sometimes. And yeah. I think that um, even just mentioning those symptoms, someone's going to kind of like look down and be like, yeah, that's kind of happening to me too. And yeah. those are the red flags to start exactly. addressing your gut issues before they become bigger issues. Exactly. The earlier you can catch any issue, the better. So yes, most people, I mean, I see this all the time in my practice. Most people come in, they're not even complaining of gut issues, but when you ask them, they say, oh yeah, actually I do get bloated. Uh, Actually, yeah, my stools are looser than they should be. So yes, most people just accept these symptoms as normal, but the earlier you catch anything, the easier it is to reverse. And it doesn't mean if you've had it for years, you can't reverse it either. That's the beauty of the body. The body is an incredible organism that actually wants to heal and wants to you know, create balance and get back to normal. If we, give, if we give it what it wants and what it needs, unfortunately, we don't a lot of the time. Yeah. If you had a gut issue, like if I was like, okay, yes, I'm bloated. Yes, I have loose stool most of the time. I would go to a gastroenterologist, and what would they do for me, Dr. Lippman? Because I've never really gone to one that I can remember in recent times. Well, that's another great question, because unfortunately, the gastroenterologist will do an endoscopy, maybe, or colonoscopy, and they won't find anything because, you know, those tests are normal. It's this, this metaphor I give, you know, in Western medicine, there's disease and there's health. There's black and there's white, and there's nothing in between. But there's this huge gray spectrum between health and disease. And what I do and what functional medicine doctors in general do, do is try to take you from the, you know, the, the dark area of the disease towards health. So until there's a major problem, a gastroenterologist is probably not going to pick. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Pick it up and just going to give you some drug to suppress a symptom. 
So yes, unfortunately, this key organ system of the body is not dealt particularly well with in Western medicine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, it's funny, even my doctor was saying I should see somebody in gastroenterology because I have in, what was it? Enviro. Hold on. I have it written down here. It was intrinsic factor antibodies because I'm anemic and I'm B12 deficient. Right. And right. my A1C levels are a little higher than normal. So it was one of those things where he's like, you should probably, I think he suggested an endoscopy. Yeah, you can have an endoscopy. There may be something wrong with your gut. You know, I don't know if you've been checked for SIBO. That's one of the tests that they can do. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. That's a breath test. There's some tests that, you know, even traditional doctors can do. Unfortunately, they don't do. There are some more and more interesting tests that we now have available that can actually help us determine what's going on. Mm -hmm. But yes, I agree. If you have antibody, intrinsic factor antibodies, it's usually, and it'll cause a low B12, it's usually often a gut problem and you need to have your gut checked out. So to be continued, Maria, let's get this sorted out. Yeah, isn't that funny? I was like, Kelsey, am I catching your your gut stuff, sympathy pains here? Like, what's happening? I never had that I before. Said yes. But I always have had anemic uh, tendencies. I'm always anemic. My family's all anemic. And um, I think B12 has always been a little thing that right. I've needed. You may not be absorbing B12, exactly. Yeah, yeah, my dad isn't either. My dad, it's funny. So we're all kind of in the in the zone. But I know because of my physical and my A1C levels being higher, I'm really having to focus on, okay, this is something I don't want to get out of control. I've got to cut the sugar, which you talk about. Exactly. Yep. Um, and what's funny is when you give yourself the space to be a little bit more still, you start to see what these things do to you. So the second I had Absolutely. even a smidge of sugar, the inflammation and the phlegm that pops up, you're just, if, just yep. a one little half a piece of something. Exactly. And this is what happens. We are so tuned into the outside world, especially in the last you know, couple of years, never mind weeks. There's been so much info, you know, everyone's so caught up in, in the external world. We don't tune in. And I think as you get older, it also becomes more and more and more and more important to whether it's meditation or yoga, do some internal work where you actually tune in and listen to what's going on and not get so caught up with all this external chatter, which is very easy. So a lot of, you know, what, what I'm recommending is this ancient wisdom, which is now we have this modern research, which, which validates a lot of the ancient wisdom about, you know, moving your body, about meditation, which is you know, about sleep. A lot of this wisdom, which I, you know, which is ancient, and most cultures have talked about it, but now we actually have the research to to validate you know what they've been saying for centuries. Yeah. But sugar is a huge the issue devil. for people. And I've had some challenges where I you know there's so many things that have popped up in the market now, so many alternatives for sugar, exactly. so many alternatives to meat and that's another thing I want to talk about that you mentioned in the book that I really loved uh was breaking down those kind of impossible burgers and all of that. But uh, I have always been of the belief that if you're going to do it, do the real thing because the exactly. fake thing yes. is going to be worse. And I feel like you're kind of on yes. that page too. Exactly. Exactly the same page. So those fake meats, for instance, um, you know, you know, we have, unfortunately the, the food industry caters to, you know, what the culture wants. So the fake meats now, 
I'm I'm not saying that the from a um, uh, what's the word from a, a climate perspective or whatever you you know from a uh, environmental. Yeah, I thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Environmental perspective, the, the you know having a meat alternative is not a bad idea, but from a health perspective, it's full of junk. It's fake food. Why would you want to eat that? Um, now, occasionally, if you you know if you want that feel of a burger and you don't eat meat for you know for um, philosophical reasons, I understand. But to think that it's healthy, it's nonsense. Rather have a grass-fed burger without the bun than the fake meat. Um, you know, I'm against all that fake food, whether it's, you know, gluten alternatives or these meat alternatives, or, you know, just eat, eat real food, you know, eat food as close to nature. I think that it's what we're doing to the food that's more of a problem, you know, you know, I always say if it's made in a factory, it's probably not good for you. Um, if it's made by nature, it's probably good. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Although I have cut the one teaspoon of sugar I put in my coffee every morning. That was getting oh, you see, a little That's gladness. unnecessary. You can just cut that. Yeah, yeah, you don't need that. Yeah, I said goodbye to it. Bye-bye. Good. I was like, goodbye. We don't need you. Um, because... And then your taste buds adjust. You don't need yeah. it. You realize, yeah. Well, we have the soy milk. There's The soy milk is creamy enough in there. It's um, organic, non-GMO, and I love it. Good. Um, but uh, you also talked about I mean, there's so many tips in here that I've already started applying, like I said, but good right. salt versus bad salt. I thought that was a fascinating discussion. I've never heard anybody else talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think salt, um, uh, I don't make a big issue of salt, to be quite honest. I know it's become, a, you know, a lot of in Western medicine, especially in cardiology, they make a big issue of salt. The problem is I think we get so much salt from, you know, processed foods. That's the problem. And, you know, regular salt now has has had the iodine, has had all the minerals taken out of it, you know, regular table salt. So I'm a big fan of like Himalayan salt or even sea salt, you know, proper salts that haven't had these, I think there's 17 or 20 minerals that get extracted from it. So I'm not against salt, just use real salt, not the fakes, you know, not salt that has had all these minerals taken out. The table salt. Yeah. 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 And then in terms of the meat, let's go back to that for a second, because we um, have partnered with Thrive Market on this show for a yeah. while. Yeah. And I know that you're actually a fan of it as well. And what yeah. you brought to my attention that I hadn't realized and had skimmed over because it wasn't a priority for me was the fact that they have organic meat, but they have the proper meat that you say. So one of the things that I want to kind of clarify for people is when you're at the supermarket and you're looking at the meats, what you're looking for is grass-fed, grass-finished exactly. in, in meat. But is what is it in poultry and all of that? Okay, so that's a great point. So organic red beef doesn't mean anything except that the corn that the cows were fed is organic. Now, when you feed cows corn, they become acidotic and, and they have to be given an- antibiotics and, and all, all sorts of things. So Feeding, uh, you know, cows are ruminants that have two stomachs. They need to eat grass. Grass is what they need to be fed. If you want to eat meat, you should be eating grass-fed and grass-finished meat. When it comes to poultry and eggs, organic and pasture-raised is what you're looking for. Um, But labeling has become tricky as well. I mean, I'm not – labeling has become a problem, but – 
in general, I trust Thrive. I think Thrive is a wonderful market. I think they're doing the right thing. I think I wish there were more Thrives, uh, um, but I'm a big supporter of Thrive. But meat should be grass-fed and grass-finished, poultry, organic, um, eggs, pasture-raised. Okay, organic pasteurized. I didn't know with eggs exactly what to do. Um, and well, with chicken, right? If you mm-hmm. got, get chicken, what do you, what's the label? Yeah, I, I look for just organic chicken. Okay, so organic yeah. chicken, what do they feed them? Well, the, 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 theoretically, you should have chicken that are roaming free and eating whatever around. Um, so, you know, as I said earlier, the labeling starts getting tricky because they can still label chicken organic and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're being fed the right thing. So it is tricky, um, but I think it's still generally safer to, when you're looking for chicken, buy organic. You know, I try to buy my um, chicken, my eggs from the local farmer, which is always best if you know your source. Um, I don't know, I don't ever buy any of that. I don't think Thrive has any of that, So, um, although they may now. Um, but I think if you can find a local farmer or store that you trust, otherwise just buy organic. Got it. Did you have a question? Yeah, I was going to say, Dr. Lemon, did you talk about in the book, I think I remember you did that, um, cage-free has become just kind of an overused term. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure if I've talked about it in the book, but yeah, I don't know what I've put in the book anymore, but yeah. <laughs> cage, Everything. Cage, cage-free doesn't, you know, cage-free can mean they just let them out the cages for a little mm-hmm. short period and they put them in, put them back in. So the labeling has become very, very tricky. Mm. Um, you know, you use grass-fed and grass-finished. It used to be safe to say grass-fed meat, but As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Now, you know, grass-fed, can they can let the cows out for short periods in their lives and feed them grass, and then they go back to feed them corn to fatten them up. So the whole labeling issue is complicated, and I'm not sure what the answer, you know, how we get around some of that. Yeah. Well, I don't eat chicken anymore, so you, you know what's mm-hmm. wild is I uh, I cut out meat after a Tony Robbins seminar years ago, and then I was severely anemic, had to introduce red meat back in, and then quit again, got anemic again, then realized, okay, red meat just has to stay. I haven't figured out a way to get enough of the iron through the diet. Right. But I stopped. I didn't eat chicken or turkey. I had a little turkey in quarantine, maybe a handful. But um, but I think um, that helped me because I didn't do anything different. But when I went for my ultrasound for my thyroid last year, it had significantly shrunk. I had a thyroid nodule. 
And I have to think it was the chicken and the lack of chicken in my diet. Yeah, I mean, you know, the animal protein is always tricky because I'm not against animal protein. I think as you get older, you should not eat as much as when you're younger. When you're younger, animal protein from a good source is good. But when you get older, um, when you're in, in your 60s like me, animal protein actually activates the mTOR gene, mechanistic target of rapamycin, which actually is not good for aging. So when you get into your 60s or 50s, it's probably good, a good idea to decrease your animal protein a little bit um, uh, because, because of that uh, stimulation, stimulation of that particular gene. Now, once you get into your sort of mid-60s and above, you don't want to lose muscle mass. So you've got to balance it out. Protein is, is always tricky. I think most of us get enough protein probably until we're in our 60s. We all get more than enough protein. We don't have to worry about it. But once you start getting to your 60s, and if you're starting to lose muscle mass, then you need to maybe increase your protein a little bit more. Do you do that with any kind of powders, Dr. Lipman? I do. What do you uh, use? Um, uh, people don't like it. I do pea protein. I'm, I have a shake almost every day. I put pea protein and I put collagen protein. Mm -hmm as well because i've cut back a lot on my meat and chicken um i used to eat a lot you know i went paleo i became pre-diabetic many years ago and then i became paleo and then when i started reading the research about aging i started cutting back a bit on the animal protein and started doing more of a pea protein and collagen now collagen even if it's from beef collagen doesn't have the same amino acid profile as other animal proteins so it doesn't affect those genes negatively. So I use uh, pea protein and collagen in a shake. Interesting. What sort of collagen, Dr. Littman? Do you have a brand you like? Um, yeah, I think uh, Vital Proteins is mm -hmm. good. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of bone broth as well. Bone broth is a good source. Um, you know, you need to drink a lot to get the actual, a lot of the protein, but I'm a big fan of bone broth. But vi uh, Vital Proteins is, is good collagen. Thorn make a good collagen. Orthomolecular products make a good collagen. Um, I think there are lots of good brands out there. Yeah. the um, You mentioned the paleo diet, and I had a note I wanted to remember to ask you what your thoughts are on the keto diet. Yeah, I, I still recommend a keto diet a lot for certain problems, you know. And you know, if you want to reverse certain um, issues from obesity to diabetes, um, to, I mean, even epilepsy, you know, I've had a patient who had epilepsy and went on a keto diet and, and got rid of her epilepsy. Wow. So I think a keto diet can be very powerful. It's not, it's not an easy diet to sustain. But the idea of a keto diet, if it's done properly, I like. I mean, we talked earlier about fat adaptation. Your body gets used to using fat for energy instead of the carbohydrates. So I'm all for a keto diet. I do think it's hard to sustain. Um, and so, you know, initially I'll start people on a keto diet and then we'll sort of switch them over to more, you know, add more carbohydrates, sort of more of a paleo diet and, and less of a keto diet. But I'm, I'm, I like a keto diet. I just don't know how sustainable it is for most people. If it is sustainable for you, is it okay long term? Yeah, I think for most people, I, wow. I think it's, you know, some people I've seen um, their lipid profile goes crazy on a keto diet and often 
comes back to normal. So it's just something you've got to, you know, work with your doctor and watch. But um, yeah. I think for the most part, it's not necessarily an unhealthy diet. If, if, you're if you're listening to this right now, if someone's listening and they're thinking, yeah, I'm bloated. Yeah, I'm realizing I get a lot of inflammation. I'm having crazy stool situations. What is their your best advice for them right now? Well, there is um, the easiest way is to start some type of elimination diet first to see if certain foods are triggering that problem. Um, the the best advice, if you can, is to see a functional medicine physician. Um, and you know, this day and age, it can be done virtually as well, um, because there are some tests that can be helpful. But um, and there's certain supplements that can be helpful, like taking certain antimicrobial supplements that are herbs that kill the bad bugs in your gut, like berberine is a perfect example, mm-hmm. or um, grapefruit seed extract or, uh, or um, oregano oil or um, an extract of coconut oil, lorisidin. So there are certain herbs and nutrients that can actually help balance the gut. Um, but the first thing I would do is always remove the common food allergens, the gluten, the dairy, the corn, the soy, sometimes even eggs, the sugar, processed foods, and see what that does. But oftentimes you need other um, supplements to actually help the gut. But I, I do think, it, as you pointed out earlier, I think it's important to deal with gut problems because they can create other problems all over your body. Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge takeaway is to remind everybody that everything starts in the gut. And I, I know even good things can be harmful, right? Like I know Kelsey and I, if we eat beans, we bloat instantly. Sure, because your body's just not digesting them. So that's another tip. Sometimes digestive aids like enzymes can actually help. So for people who aren't digesting beans, try to get some beano. You can get it in the store and just squirt some beano on your food. That sometimes helps. Help. Soaking your beans can be helpful um, overnight. You soak them overnight, it decreases the amount of lectins and um, it makes them more digestible. So you believe in the lectin issue? I think lectins can be a problem for some people. You know, these are generic questions that don't apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have a leaky gut, if you have a gut problems, lectins can be a problem. Not always, but can be a problem. I think there is some truth to that. I'm not saying it's a problem for everyone. And the, the way to decrease your lectins is to decrease the amount of beans you eat and, and especially decrease or avoid the grains because that's where a lot of your, your lectins come from. But soaking your beans overnight also decreases the amount of lectins. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. Um, you are also um, an advocate for a few things. You already talked about the cold <laughs> rinse and we wanted to mention that, but a good massage um, tell us about the benefits of a good massage. I think that's something that's overlooked by people because it seems like such a an extra and such a luxury. Sure. So a good massage where it's just relaxing and you f- like someone um, touching your body is one thing. But when you have a targeted massage and you have a tight, you know, when you have a tight, let's say your hips are tight. If your hips are tight and they're not firing properly, your body's going to use other muscles for that same function. So either it's your back muscles or, or some other muscles in your legs. So a lot of back pain, for instance, 
is because you have tight hip muscles. So to me, a massage means releasing a lot of that, those tight muscles and that tight fascia, which frees up your body to function better. We talked about optimizing function of your gut. When you have tight muscles and tight fascia after an injury or, or um, not stretching enough, your body's going to compromise and use other muscles for that for the, for those muscles to function and that become you know that just you know once you start getting your back muscles overworking then you'll get back pain and then you'll get neck pain so freeing up that tissue is key to functioning optimally so getting a good deep massage where you free up that tight tissue to me is like optimizing functioning of your gut because a little problem that's not addressed can over time create a bigger problem you know a lot of you know, I've seen so many people over the years who eventually needed a hip replacement and it started with a tight hip that they didn't um, get treated properly and, mm -hmm. and they didn't uh, get that deep tissue work. And because the hip was tighter and tighter, it constricted function of the of the actual hip and the bones weren't, you know, wor you know working smoothly in the joints. So eventually they had to have a hip replacement. So all these... You know, my, my whole attitude to health is try to pick these things up early, address them so they don't become bigger problems later. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You also talk about the importance of growing kind of our friends group and how important that is. Sure. Grow, you know, I call it growing your tribe. I think community, you know, being surrounded um, by people you love, who love you, who understand you, where you can feel comfortable being yourself is important. So you, you know, you know. I think in this day and age, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in South Africa in the fifties and sixties. Things were a little bit different. There were everyone had extended families. There was community. That was just how it was. You know, in this day and age, you know, Facebook and you know our communities have changed. And I think um, paying attention to your family, to your good friends, to people who think like you and um, where you feel comfortable is actually very helpful. You know, we, we know there's tons of research showing that older people who are lonely don't do as well. So, you know, you, you, you extend that further. I think being surrounded by loved ones is really important. Lastly, Dr. Lippman, do you have any tips for someone who's listening uh, to help find the right functional medicine doctor? Well, you know, I think word of mouth is always the best um, I think uh, functionalmedicine.org is the functional medicine website. Um, you can always email my office, uh, go to drfranklippman.com, and we know people in different parts of, of the country. You know, I'm doing more virtual now, so I'm becoming more available for virtual. But try the best is to find someone a referral, a personal referral is always best. I think knowing someone who's seen a person is and, and had good results and likes them is always the best referral. But functionalmedicine.org is good. And just uh, going to my website, drfranklipman.com, and reaching out to us, and we can maybe help you as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I mean, there's probably a thousand things I didn't get to at this point, but I know we're out of time and uh, and we'll have to have you back again at some point. But this was very, very helpful, I think, for people to really understand what functional medicine is all about, 
um, not putting that Band-Aid on, not suppressing, and also um, really pointed tips on how to get yourself in a better place health-wise overall, but also acknowledging if you have a gut issue. Right. Anyway, thank you, and thank you for all the work you do and putting this message out there because I think it's an important message. So thank you. Thank you. So nice to Zoom meet you. I'm sure we'll meet in person someday. And South Africa is one of my favorite trips I ever had Uh, to this day. Oh, so beautiful. It is beautiful. Thanks, Maria. Take care. Thank you. Um, Wow, wow, wow. I'm so excited to see him tomorrow, virtually. I'm going to be like, that was the best thing ever. Oh, my God, I know. You know what's crazy is I didn't even see all the notes that you guys had put together from my my notes from the book, but I think we got through most oh, of it. Oh, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like hustling to get stuff I in. I know, you killed like, it. We have so much to learn He's and awesome. reinforce. And like I said, guys, if you're thinking about somebody you want to get a gift for that needs it, like this is the best book. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. We're Once you're finished reading this, you're sending it over to Kevin. Oh, 100%. Because he needs to read it. Um, as always, thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> if you would do us a kindness um, and help us get the word out, share it with friends, share it with social media, um, anything you can do to help us as we're building better together because we're doing it with you. In the meantime, uh, if you want more information on Dr. Lippman, you can go to his website, like he said, drfranklipman.com. We'll put the links to everything in there. Of course, his book, The New Rules of Aging, is available on Amazon. You can follow him on Instagram at franklipmanmd, at Better Together with Maria, at Jeffrey Cranegram, at Kelsmeyer, too. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. That down. Yeah, no, right? That is... Brilliant, because that is kind of the biggest flaw, I think, in our medical system is we are just given things to suppress. And we have become so comfortable with going to the doctor, getting a pill to fix it because the other way is too much work. Right. So coming to you is too expensive, too much work, too much time. I don't have time to deal with all of this. But that's really what we need to be doing is supplementing, is healing, is working on the actual origin of the problem. But I think we we haven't gotten there yet where we realize, oh, that is a Band-Aid you're putting on an oil, a check-in oil light. Like, you can't do right. that. No, you can't. And you know what? It's not that difficult. You know, the changes can be easier, and that's what I always try to do, make them easy for people. A lot of the changes are, for instance, you know, a perfect example would be fasting, so you can still eat the same amount, but you, you eat your food within like an eight or a 10 hour period. You know, we always used to think breakfast is the most important meal. But as you get older, actually fasting and eating er- dinner earlier and breakfast later is actually really good for your health and for longevity in general. Because when you fast, it's this little stress on the body, which stimulates the cleansing mechanisms in your body. It's called autophagy. So by by stressing your body a little bit, by fasting or not eating for 14 or 16 hours, or by pushing your body for short spurts with exercise, or by having a cold shower after a hot shower, these are these little stresses that are actually really good for your body, and they upregulate your longevity genes. So it's little, little things like that, the cold shower after a hot, when you're exercising, just you know, you know, short spurts of pushing yourself. Or eating, don't eat 
dinner, uh, eat dinner a little bit earlier and breakfast a little bit later. So you can make little subtle changes in your lifestyle, which can have a huge effect on your health. Yeah, those are some of the things that I started this morning right away. I started <laughs> doing the short bursts of energy, the workout, um, and I started last night with the fasting and uh, we're going to start doing that here with Kelsey as well. But Kelsey, you had a question about the breakfast thing that I think you should ask Ooh, yes, I Dr. Did. Lippman, because there's conflicting mm-hmm. advice that we're trying to understand. Sure. And that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Hi, Dr. Hi. Lippman. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? So exciting yeah, yeah. that you're on the show. So question for you. I have heard, um, and from a couple of our other experts, that we should be eating closer to when we wake up to maintain blood sugar levels. So... What do you what do you say in like in that regard when it's like okay blood sugar but then fasting how does that kind of play? Okay, great, great, great question because um, a couple of years you know five six ten years ago I don't even five years ago I used to recommend the same thing mm. having a good breakfast so your blood sugar levels stay stable. But what happens when you start fasting and you start eating less carbs because sugar is a major issue when it comes to health and aging, your body doesn't need as many carbohydrates to function properly, and it doesn't need to make energy from carbohydrates. It starts using fat more. So once you become as what we call fat adapted, you're not relying on carbohydrates so much for your body to process that food to make energy. You don't actually need the carbs, and you don't need the carbs for the energy. So you need to do it slowly. So instead of just going fast, you know, for instance, now I only eat, I, I fast seven days a week. I fast for 16 hours. You know, today it was 18 hours. I just, wow. you know, was doing virtual consults. I wasn't hungry. So then once you start getting into the routine, you actually don't get hungry and you don't need the food. So you start with two days a week, then you build it up to three or four. You probably only need to do it four days a week anyway, but that it's not true. It's what we all believe, what I believe, but now that I do it, myself and I do it with a lot of my patients, especially people over 40, 45, 50, um, it becomes more important. I think young women like you, Kelsey, mm-hmm. fasting isn't as important. You know, when you in, in the mode of life where you, you want to have babies and you're growing and you mm-hmm. want to be strong, fasting may not be the best thing for you. But when you become an old fart like myself, it becomes more important. So it all depends on your age, depends where you're at. And I think it's a myth that you need the carbohydrates. So I'm not suggesting you need to do it. Right. Maria, maybe you sort of caught in the middle. I'm an old me. fart too. Uh, oh, you no. are? Well, then you, you don't look it. Thank then you. you should, I'm 42. You, but you said anybody over 40. Yeah. Once you start getting to your 40s, I think it becomes more important because that's when the shift happens. Mm-hmm. When you go from wanting to grow and be strong to wanting to preserve and maintain. Yeah. I think... Um, you know, that's when I started realizing too that there was maybe some things going wrong. I was like, oh God, I'm bloated a lot. There is some loose stool situation going on. There's like all this stuff. And, you know, it's it's hard to catch up with what's happening sometimes. And yeah. I think that um, even just mentioning those symptoms, someone's going to kind of like look down and be like, yeah, that's kind of happening to me too. And yeah. those are the red flags to start exactly. addressing your gut issues before they become bigger issues. Exactly. The earlier you can catch any issue, the better. So yes, most people, I mean, I see this all the time in my practice. Most people 
come in, they're not even complaining of gut issues, but when you ask them, they say, oh, yeah, actually, I do get bloated. Uh, actually, yeah, I, my stools are looser than they should be. So, yes, most people just accept these symptoms as normal. But the earlier you catch anything, the easier it is to reverse. And it doesn't mean if you've had it for years, you can't reverse it either. That's the beauty of the body. The body is an incredible organism that actually wants to heal and wants to you know, create balance and get back to normal if we give if we give it what it wants and what it needs, unfortunately, we don't a lot of the time. Yeah. If you had a gut issue, like if I was like, okay, yes, I'm bloated. Yes, I have loose stool most of the time. I would go to a gastroenterologist. And what would they do for me, Dr. Levin? Because I've never really gone to one that I can remember in recent times. Well, that's another great question because unfortunately, the gastroenterologist will do an endoscopy maybe or colonoscopy and they won't find anything because, you know, those tests are normal. It's this, this metaphor I give, you know, in Western medicine, there's disease and there's health. There's black and there's white and there's nothing in between. But there's this huge gray spectrum between health and disease. And what I do and what functional medicine doctors in general do, do is try to take you from the, you know, the, the dark area of the disease towards health. So until there's a major problem, a gastroenterologist is probably not going to pick it up and just going to give you some drug to suppress a symptom. So, yes, unfortunately, this key organ system of the body is not dealt particularly well with in Western medicine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's funny, even my doctor was saying I should see somebody in gastroenterology because I have, in what was it, enviro, hold on, I have it written down here. It was intrinsic factor antibodies because I'm anemic and I'm B12 deficient. Right. And right. my A1C levels are a little higher than normal. So it was one of those things where he's like, you should probably, I think he suggested an endoscopy. Yeah, you can have an endoscopy. There may be something wrong with your gut. You know, I don't know if you've been checked for SIBO. That's one of the tests that they can do. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. That's a breath test. There, there's some tests that, you know, even traditional doctors can do. Unfortunately, they don't do. There are some more and more interesting tests that we now have available that can actually help us determine what's going on. Mm -hmm. But yes, I agree. If you have antibody, intrinsic factor antibodies, it's usually, a, and it will cause a low B12. It's usually a, often a gut problem, and you need to have your gut checked out. So to be continued, Maria, let's get this sorted out. Yeah, isn't that funny? I was like, Kelsey, am I catching your your gut stuff, sympathy pains here? Like, what's happening? I never had that I before. I said yes. But I always have had anemic uh, tendencies. I'm always anemic. My family's all anemic. And um, I think B12 has always been a little thing that right. I've needed. you may not be absorbing B12, exactly. Yeah, yeah. my dad isn't either. My dad, it's funny. So we're all kind of in the in the zone, but... I know because of my physical and my A1C levels being higher, I'm really having to focus on, okay, this is something I don't want to get out of control. I've got to cut the sugar, which you talk about. Exactly. Yep. Um, and what's funny is when you give yourself the space to be a little bit more still, you start to see what these things do to you. So the second I had Absolutely. even a smidge of sugar, the inflammation and the phlegm that pops up, you're just, if just yep. a one little half a piece of something. Exactly. And this is what happens. We are so tuned into the outside world, especially in the last you know, couple of years, never mind weeks, 
there's been so much info, you know, everyone's so caught up in, in the external world. We don't tune in. And I think as you get older, it also becomes more and more, more and more important to, whether it's meditation or yoga, do some internal work where you actually tune in and listen to what's going on and not get so caught up with all this external chatter, which is very easy. So a lot of, you know, what, what I'm recommending is this ancient wisdom which is now we have this modern research which which validates a lot of the ancient wisdom about you know moving your body about meditation which is you know, about sleep a lot of this wisdom which I you know which is ancient and most cultures have talked about it but now we actually have the research to to validate you know what they've been saying for centuries yeah but sugar is a huge the issue devil. for people and i've had some challenges where I, you know, there's so many things that have popped up in the market now, so many alternatives for sugar, so many alternatives to meat. And that's another thing I want to talk about that you mentioned in the book that I really loved uh, was breaking down those kind of impossible burgers and all of that. But uh, I have always been of the belief that if you're going to do it, do the real thing, because the fake thing is going to be worse. And I feel like you're kind of on that page, too. Exactly. Exactly the same page. So those fake meats, for instance. Um, you know, you know, we have unfortunately the the food industry caters to, you know, what the culture wants. So the fake meats. Now, I'm I'm not saying that the from a um, uh, ag, what's the word from a, a climate perspective or whatever you you know from a uh, environmental. Yeah, I thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Environmental perspective, the you know having a meat alternative is not a bad idea. But from a health perspective, it's full of junk. It's fake food. Why would you want to eat that? Um, now, occasionally, if you you know if you want that feel of a burger and you don't eat meat for you know for um, philosophical reasons, I understand. But to think that it's healthy, it's nonsense. Rather have a grass-fed burger without the bun than the fake meat. Um, you know, I'm against all that fake food, whether it's you know gluten alternatives. Or these meat alternatives, or, you know, just eat eat real food. You know, eat food as close to nature. I think that it's what we're doing to the food that's more of a problem. You know, you know, I always say if it's made in a factory, it's probably not good for you. Um, if it's made by nature, it's probably good. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Although I have cut the one teaspoon of sugar I put in my coffee every morning. That was getting oh, you see, a little That's unnecessary. You can just cut that. Yeah, yeah, you don't need that. Yeah, I said goodbye to it. Good. I was like, goodbye. We don't need you. Um, because and then your taste buds adjust. You don't need yeah. it. You realize, yeah. Well, we have the soy milk. There's The soy milk is creamy enough in there. It's um, organic, non-GMO, and I love it. Good. Um, but uh, you also talked about, I mean, there's so many tips in here that I've already started applying, like I said, but good right. salt versus bad salt. I thought that was a fascinating discussion I've never heard anybody else talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think salt, um, uh, I don't make a big issue of salt, to be quite honest. I know it's become, a, you know, a lot of in Western medicine, especially in cardiology, they make a big issue of salt. The problem is I think we get so much salt from, you know, processed foods. That's the problem. And, you know, regular salt now has has had the iodine, has had all the minerals taken out of it, you know, regular table salt. So I'm a big fan of like Himalayan salt or even sea salt. 
you know, proper salts that haven't had these, I think there's 17 or 20 minerals that get extracted from it. So I'm not against salt. Just use real salt, not the fakes, you know, not salt that has had all these minerals taken out. The table salt. Yeah. 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 And then in terms of the meat, let's go back to that for a second, because we um, have partnered with Thrive Market on this show for a while. And I know that you're actually a fan of it as well. And what you brought to my attention that I hadn't realized and had skimmed over because it wasn't a priority for me was the fact that they have organic meat, but they have the proper meat that you say. So one of the things that I want to kind of clarify for people is when you're at the supermarket and you're looking at the meats, what you're looking for is grass-fed, grass-finished exactly. in, in meat. But is what is it in poultry and all of that? Okay, so that's a great point. So organic red beef doesn't mean anything except that the corn that the cows were fed is organic. Now, when you feed cows corn, they become acidotic and, and they have to be given an, antibiotics and, and all, all sorts of things. So feeding, uh, you know, cows are ruminants. They have two stomachs. They need to eat grass. Grass is what they need to be fed. If you want to eat meat, you should be eating grass-fed and grass-finished meat. When it comes to poultry and eggs, organic and pasture-raised is what you're looking for. Um, But labeling has become tricky as well. I mean, I'm not, labeling has become a problem, but uh, in general, I trust Thrive. I think Thrive is a wonderful market. I think they're doing the right thing. I think, I wish there were more Thrives, uh, um, but I'm a big supporter of Thrive. But meat should be grass-fed and grass-finished, poultry, organic, um, eggs, pasture-raised. Okay, organic pasteurized. I didn't know with eggs exactly what to do, um, and well, with chicken, right? If you mm-hmm. got, get chicken, what do you? What's the label? Yeah, I, I look for just organic chicken. Okay, so organic yeah. chicken. What do they feed them? Well, the, 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 theoretically, you should have chicken that are roaming free and eating whatever around. Um, so, you know, as I said earlier, the labeling starts getting tricky because. They can still label chicken organic, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're being fed the right thing. So it is tricky, um, but I think it's still generally safer to, when you're looking for chicken, buy organic. You know, I try to buy my um, chicken, my eggs from the local farmer, which is always best if you know your source. Um, I don't know. I don't ever buy any of that. I don't think Thrive has any of that, So, um, although they may now. Um, but I think if you can find a local farmer or store that you trust, otherwise just buy organic. Got it. Did you have a question? Yeah, I was going to say, Dr. Lemon, did you talk about in the book, I think I remember you did that, um, cage-free has become just kind of an overused term. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure if I've talked about it in the book, but yeah, I don't know what I've put in the book anymore. But yeah, <laughs> cage, everything. Cage, cage-free doesn't, you know, cage-free can mean they just let them out the cages for a little Mm-hmm. short period and they put them in put them back in so the labeling has become very very tricky mm. um you know you use grass-fed and grass-finished it used to be safe to say grass-fed meat but now you know grass-fed can they can let the cows out for short periods in their lives and feed them grass and then they go back to feed them corn to fatten them up so the whole labeling issue is complicated and i'm not sure what the answer, you know, how we get around some of that. 
Yeah. Well, I don't eat chicken anymore. So, you, you know, what's mm. wild is I, uh, I cut out meat after a Tony Robbins seminar years ago. And then I was severely anemic, had to introduce red meat back in and then quit again, got anemic again, then realized, okay, red meat just has to stay. I haven't figured out a way to get enough of the iron through the diet, right. but I stopped. I didn't eat chicken or turkey. I had a little turkey in quarantine, maybe a handful, but, um, but I think, um, that helped me because I didn't do anything different. But when I went for my ultrasound for my thyroid last year, it had significantly shrunk. I had a thyroid nodule. And I have to think it was the chicken and the lack of chicken in my diet. Yeah, I mean, you know, the animal protein is always tricky because I'm not against animal protein. I think as you get older, you should not eat as much as when you're younger. When you're younger, animal protein from a good source is good. But when you get older, um, when you're in, in your 60s like me, animal protein actually activates the mTOR gene, mechanistic target of rapamycin, which actually is not good for aging. So when you get into your 60s or 50s, it's probably good, a good idea to decrease your animal protein a little bit. Um, uh, because because of that uh, stimulation stimulation of that particular gene. Now, once you get into your sort of mid sixties and above, you don't want to lose muscle mass, so you've got to balance it out. Protein is is always tricky. I think most of us get enough protein probably until we in our sixties. We all get more than enough protein. We don't have to worry about it. But once you start getting to your sixties, and if you're starting to lose muscle mass, then you need to maybe increase your protein a little bit more. Do you do that with any kind of powders, Dr. Lipman? I do. What do you uh, use? Um, uh, people don't like it. I do pea protein. I'm, I have a shake almost every day. I put pea protein and I put collagen protein mm -hmm. as well because I've cut back a lot on my meat and chicken. Um, I used to eat a lot. You know, I went paleo. I became pre-diabetic many years ago and then I became paleo. And then when I started reading the research about aging, I started cutting back a bit on the animal protein and started doing more of a pea protein and collagen. Now, collagen, even if it's from beef collagen, doesn't have the same amino acid profile as other animal proteins. So it doesn't affect those genes negatively. So I use uh, pea protein and collagen in a shake. Interesting. What sort of collagen, Dr. Littman? Do you have a brand you like? Um, yeah, I think uh, Vital Proteins mm -hmm. is good. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of bone broth as well. Bone broth is a good source. Um, you know, you need to drink a lot to get the actual, a lot of the protein, but I'm a big fan of bone broth. But vi uh, vital proteins is is good collagen. Thorn make a good collagen. Orthomolecular products make a good collagen. Um, I think there are lots of good brands out there. Yeah. The um, You mentioned the paleo diet, and I had a note I wanted to remember to ask you what your thoughts are on the keto diet. Yeah, I still recommend a keto diet a lot for certain problems, you know, and you know, if you want to reverse certain um, issues from obesity to diabetes um, to, I mean, even, you know, I've had a patient who had epilepsy and went on a keto diet and, and got rid of her epilepsy. Wow. So I think a keto diet can be very powerful. It's not, it's not an easy diet to sustain. But the idea of a keto diet, if it's done properly, I like. I mean, we talked earlier about fat adaptation. Your body gets used to using fat for energy instead of the carbohydrates. So 
I'm all for a keto diet. I do think it's hard to sustain. Um, and so, you know, initially I'll start people on a keto diet and then we'll sort of switch them over to more, you know, add more carbohydrates, sort of more of a paleo diet and, and less of a keto diet. But I'm, I'm, I like a keto diet. I just don't know how sustainable it is for most people. If it is sustainable for you, is it okay long-term? Yeah, I think for most people, I, wow. I think it's, you know, some people I've seen um, their lipid profile goes crazy on a keto diet and often comes back to normal. So it's just something you've got to, you know, work with your doctor and watch. But um, yeah. I think for the most part, it's not necessarily an unhealthy diet. If, if, you're if you're listening to this right now, if someone's listening and they're thinking, yeah, I'm bloated. Yeah, I'm realizing I get a lot of inflammation. I'm having crazy stool situations. What is their your best advice for them right now? Well, there is um, the easiest way is to start some type of elimination diet first to see if certain foods are triggering that problem. Um, the the best advice, if you can, is to see a functional medicine physician. Um, and in you know, this day and age, it can be done virtually as well, um, because there are some tests that can be helpful, but um, and there's certain supplements that can be helpful, like taking certain antimicrobial supplements that are herbs that kill the bad bugs in your gut, like berberine is a perfect example, mm -hmm. or um, grapefruit seed extract or, uh, or um, oregano oil or um, an extract of coconut oil, lorisidin. So there are certain herbs and nutrients that can actually help balance the gut. Um, but the first thing I would do is always remove the common food allergens, the gluten, the dairy, the corn, the soy, sometimes even eggs, the sugar, processed foods and see what that does. But oftentimes you need other um, supplements to actually help the gut. But I, I do think it, as you pointed out earlier, I think it's important to deal with gut problems because they can create other problems all over your body. Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge takeaway is to remind everybody that everything starts in the gut. And I, I know even good things can be harmful, right? Like I know Kelsey and I, if we eat beans, we bloat instantly. Sure, because your body's just not digesting them. So that's another tip. Sometimes digestive aids like enzymes can actually help. So for people who aren't digesting beans, try to get some Beano. You can get it in the store and just squirt some Beano on your food. That sometimes help. helps. Soaking your beans can be helpful um, overnight. You soak them overnight, it decreases the amount of lectins and, um, and makes them more digestible. So you believe in the lectin issue? I think lectins can be a problem for some people. You know, these are generic questions that don't apply to everyone. Mm -hmm. But I think if you have a leaky gut, if you have a gut problems, lectins can be a problem. Not always, but can be a problem. I think there is some truth to that. I'm not saying it's a problem for everyone. And the, the way to decrease your lectins is to decrease the amount of beans you eat and, and especially decrease or avoid the grains because that's where a lot of your, your lectins come from, but soaking your beans overnight also decreases the amount of lectins. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. Um, you are also um, an advocate for a few things. You already talked about the cold <laughs> rinse and we wanted to mention that, but a good massage um, 
Tell us about the benefits of a good massage. I think that's something that's overlooked by people because it seems like such a an extra and such a luxury. Yeah, so a good massage where it's just relaxing and you like someone um, touching your body is one thing. But when you have a targeted massage and you have a tight, you know, when you have a tight, let's say your hips are tight. If your hips are tight and they're not firing properly, your body's going to use other muscles for that same function. So either it's your back muscles or or some other muscles in your legs. So a lot of back pain, for instance, is because you have tight hip muscles. So to me, a massage means releasing a lot of that, those tight muscles and that tight fascia, which frees up your body to function better. We talked about optimizing function of your gut. When you have tight muscles and tight fascia after an injury or, or um, not stretching enough, your body's going to compromise and use other muscles for that, for the, for those muscles to function. And that become you know, that just, you know, once you start getting your back muscles overworking, then you'll get back pain and then you'll get neck pain. So freeing up that tissue is key to functioning optimally. So getting a good deep massage where you free up that tight tissue to me is like optimizing functioning of your gut because a little problem that's not addressed can over time create a bigger problem. You know, a lot of, you know, I've seen so many people over the years who eventually needed a hip replacement and it started with a tight hip that they didn't um, get treated properly and Mm -hmm. they didn't uh, get that deep tissue work. And because the hip was tighter and tighter, it constricted function of the, of the actual hip and the bones weren't, you know, were, you know, working smoothly in the joint. So eventually they had to have a hip replacement. So all these, you know, my, my whole attitude to health is try to pick these things up early, address them so they don't become bigger problems later. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You also talk about the importance of growing kind of our friends group and how important that is. Sure. Grow, you know, I call it growing your tribe. I think community, you know, being surrounded um, by people you love, who love you, who understand you, where you can feel comfortable being yourself is important. So, you you know, you know, I think in this day and age, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in South Africa in the 50s and 60s, things were a little bit different. There were everyone had extended families. There was community. That was just how it was. You know, in this day and age, you know, Facebook and, you know, our communities have changed. And I think um, paying attention to your family, to your good friends, to people who think like you and um, where you feel comfortable is actually very helpful. You know, we, we know there's tons of research showing that older people who are lonely don't do as well. So, you know, you you, you extend that further, I think. Being surrounded by loved ones is really important. Lastly, Dr. Lippman, do you have any tips for someone who's listening uh, to help find the right functional medicine doctor? Well, you know, I think word of mouth is always the best. Um, I think uh, functionalmedicine.org is the functional medicine website. Um, You can always email my office uh, go to Dr. Franklin, drfranklipman.com, and we know people in different parts of of the country. You know, I'm doing more virtual now, so I'm becoming more available for virtual. But try the best is to find someone 
a referral, a personal referral is always best. I think knowing someone who's seen a person is and, and had good results and likes them is always the best referral. But functionalmedicine.org is good. And just uh, going to my website, drfranklipman.com, and reaching out to us, and we can maybe help you as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I mean, there's probably a thousand things I didn't get to at this point, but I know we're out of time and uh, and we'll have to have you back again at some point. But this was very, very helpful, I think, for people to really understand what functional medicine is all about, um, not putting that Band-Aid on, not suppressing, Ugh. and also um, really pointed tips on how to get yourself in a better place health-wise overall, but also acknowledging if you have a gut issue. Right. Anyway, thank you. And thank you for all the work you do and putting this message out there because I think it's an important message. So thank you. Thank you. So nice to Zoom meet you. I'm sure we'll meet in person someday. And South Africa is one of my favorite trips I ever had Uh, to this day. Oh, so beautiful. It is beautiful. All Thanks, right. Maria. Take care. Bye, Dr. Whitman. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, oh, wow, so wow, wow. I'm so excited to see you tomorrow, virtually. I'm going to be like, that was the best thing ever. Oh, my God, I know. You know what's crazy is I didn't even see all the notes that you guys had put together from my my notes from the book, but I think we got through most oh, of it. Oh, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like hustling and get stuff I know, in, you killed like, it. We have so much to learn He's and awesome. reinforce. And like I said, guys, if you're thinking about somebody you want to get a gift for that needs it. Like this is the best book. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. We're once you're finished reading this, you're sending it over to Kevin Oh, 100%. because he needs to read it. Um, as always, thanks for joining us guys. <laughs> if you would do us a kindness um, and help us get the word out, share it with friends, share it with social media, um, anything you can do to help us as we're building better together. Cause we're doing it with you. In the meantime, uh, if you want more information on Dr. Lippman, you can go to his website. Like he said, drfranklipman.com. We'll put the links to everything in there. Of course, his book, The New Rules of Aging, is available on Amazon. You can follow him on Instagram at franklipmanmd, at Better Together with Maria, at Jeffrey Crane Graham, at Kelsmeyer, too. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.